Hello and welcome to this podcast from the Chartered Institute of Patent Attorneys. My name is Lee Davis and through this series of podcasts I'm going to invite SEPA members and some of our key partners to share some of their stories with me. Today our focus is on small patent firms and sole traders and in particular how they are facing up to the challenges of life in lockdown as the UK responds to the coronavirus pandemic. Today I have with me two of my council members Bev Usman and Keith Lovin. Bev and Keith have um, been running small practices for some time now and I think it would uh, be quite a nice way to start if um, if maybe each of you introduce yourself to those who are listening. So Bev if we start with you. Oh, so I'm Bev Usman uh, my company is Usman IP Limited. Um, I started that up in 2014 having been the director at a large patent firm previously. I've expanded to have two other PAP staff members um, and the firm deals with patents, trademarks and designs, particularly for small clients, uh, individuals and small businesses. I guess on the patent side, I've got a bit more of a medical device, biochemical, chemical focus. Thanks, Bev. And uh, Keith? Hello, I'm Keith Lovin. Uh, my firm is Lovin Patents and Trademarks and I've been practicing sort of on my own since 1989. Um, I've grown to the huge size of uh, four of us in total. <laughs> um, I have a, a patent assistant and patent and trademark paralegals who do the real work while I pretend to do different <laughs> stuff. <laughs> um, we are based in Lincolnshire and we are, I suppose, generalists. Obviously, being in Lincolnshire, we have a certain amount of agricultural technology, uh, but we get quite a lot of work from overseas as well, so there's always a good mixture. So that's me. Thanks, both. So I'm going to ask you uh, just uh, two or three questions, if that's okay, and uh, feel free to go wherever you want with, uh, with your answers to this. So the first one, probably the one that uh, people are asking themselves out there, what have been the biggest challenges that you faced in trying to operate your business as close to usual, as close to business as normal as you can in, uh, in these times? Bev? Okay, so I mean, I normally have a small office up in Mordai, which is about a mile from my home in Bearsden. Um, so when business is closed due to lockdown, um, I moved the office back home into the dining room. Um, and I guess the difficulty really is, although I've got a, a space here, it's, it's staying organised and staying focused and not really being distracted by things around the house and additional family members who have come home to live um, having been displaced. Um, one of my support members is on furlough, so there's a bit more admin and that's put a bit more burden on me, as well as dealing with the HMRC issues regarding furlough leave. Uh, it's definitely more isolated, uh, fewer networking, opportunities, other businesses that I would normally meet up with regularly to give me support as a business owner, um, and obviously less um, personal contact with clients, although there is sort of Zoom uh, for face-to-face -face meetings. Um, one of the other challenges is how to get away with not giving out my personal mobile, given that the telephone is up in the office, and I'd rather that my clients who love me to bits and want to phone me at all times during the weekends and evenings don't actually get hold of my mobile number. That's so, probably quite a good tip, isn't it? it? Yeah, that's the main chance I've So uh, I might come back to you on the furlough point, if that's okay, in a moment. Okay, but, yeah, uh, that's great. But Keith, how, um, how are you finding the challenges? 
Well, it, it hasn't actually affected us as much as, as perhaps some firms, um, in that uh, a few years ago, four years ago now, we moved to uh, some purpose-built office in my front garden. So the team all work remotely anyway, um, and sort of reluctantly come into the office about once a week in normal times. And so all we had to do really was to say, don't come in anymore. Um, so in that sense, it hasn't affected us badly. We try and talk to each other by Skype or whatever occasionally and messaging we use normally anyway. Um, so the challenges, I suppose, are more what Bev has mentioned are the issues of dealing with, you know, should one put somebody on furlough? How do you manage all these other uh, financial issues? Um, one needs to work, I suppose, with accountants more closely. Um, but since we were set up for a sort of remote working um, model anyway, so far it's it has been near business as usual i still have my 20 second commute to work and that sort of thing <laughs> that's about it so uh, so you've mentioned furlough as well so maybe um to, to bear first but by all means come in keith if you've got some thoughts sure. on it what um if you're able to share it with us bev if, if it's not too much of a um kind of a a difficult story to tell. How did you come to make the decision to furlough, furlough a member of staff? And also, how easy was it to get the advice and guidance that you needed around the, the administration and the logistics of that? Okay, so um, to answer the first part of that question first, how easy was it to furlough the member of staff? It, in this particular instance, it was very easy because the staff member concerned had got, um, I suppose, family issues which would require her to care for somebody else. Um, and she very much felt that due to the coronavirus situation, she would either have to give up her job um, so that she could do the caring role. So actually when um, we discussed it a little bit on the Friday and then over the weekend, the furlough scheme, I think, came into existence. Or it might have been Monday, I can't quite remember. But it was very shortly after we'd had a conversation where she, she basically said, well, I don't think I can continue to work for you anymore because I'm going to have these other family commitments. And then the furlough scheme came up and that was... Um, one of the options is you can furlough staff members who do not feel able to come into work anymore. Wow. But then it was a question just saying to, you, to her, well, I can furlough you if we come back at the end of this. So this there's, a, there's a mutual benefit in that, which there is really good. There's a mutual good. benefit, very much a benefit to her in terms of the finance, but also a benefit to me that I'm not losing a skilled administrator. Yeah. So um, you've talked about your big challenges. Just thinking forward, so we're four or five weeks in now. We may have another two, three weeks of hard lockdown, followed then by some softening of that, and, and we'll come out obviously on the other side at some point. Do you think there are any other issues that firms, particularly small firms, might face as the lockdown continues maybe through the next few weeks? Bev first? Um, I guess as a small firm, in a way we've got much more of an advantage in the sense that the people within the firm are usually multi-skilled. We deal with a lot of the firm issues. Um, so we're a sort of many hat mentality, if I can put it like that. Um, so I think we're well placed really to, to adapt quickly and to cope with different challenges. Um, like Keith, you know, a lot of my systems are cloud-based, um, so they're very easy to access from anywhere. Um, I, guess, I guess one of the issues which I'm slightly more conscious of now 
um, and it's a little bit to do with um, the fact that client risk is increased um, due to the strains that the clients are facing due to coronavirus is I'm being much more proactive in asking for money up front. Ah. Um, whereas sometimes I'm a little bit more relaxed about it if I know the client. Um, I think there's probably an increased risk of, of feeling isolated. Um, and I guess the other thing that's at the back of my mind is kind of that what if and the contingency plan. So that's been very much to my forefront of I should really make sure that the contingency plans for the business are really gold plated yeah. um, just in case something happens. And how about you, Keith? Well, I suppose Pip sort of covered it there. I mean, the, the issue really, the, the contingency thing is the thing that I, I suppose one needs to think about because um, as a small firm, you know, you're fairly reliant on the principal person. And um, what one has to think about is what happens if one becomes ill. Yeah. How do you keep things running if you're not able to to handle it, so that's that's the biggest problem. You know, with with a bigger firm, you might have partners that would step in and take up the slack or whatever. But um, working on your own, or effectively on your own, um, you know, you I would have to rely on my small team stepping in and and, and managing things and. Um, you suddenly think, how well have I prepared them for that eventuality? Um, the answer is not well, probably, but... Uh, no, I'm sure that's not the case. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise, so, you know, I agree with Bev that smaller firms in, in many senses are probably better adapted to, to cope with lockdown than the big firms. At least it's easier because you don't have to manage a huge number of people and all the associated complications of that. Um, because my team are already used to working from home, there's no problem about that. I know that they work well at home, that you know, there are no issues about what's being done and so on. So, um, yeah, in that sense, I think small firms are well-placed. It's just probably issues of isolation and so on are the ones sure. that need to be addressed. Thank you. So we've, um, we've talked about challenges and um, some of the issues. Are there any positives? Is there, is there anything you've learned through this process that you might hang on to once we've come through the other side? Bev? I guess for me, um, probably the video conferencing side of things. Um, I think Zoom's, Zoom's been great. And I think it's, it's not that I haven't used it before. I think it's that more people are prepared to use it. So that might be something that we could hang on to a, li a little bit and use appropriately. I know I'd certainly like to keep that for council because um, council meetings are, um, are progressing well in a Zoom fashion. Keith, how about you? Uh, that's exactly what I would have said, actually, that the, the video side of it, uh, you know, I think I'm um, thinking a few weeks before this all came into to effect, um, I had a meeting where I had to go off and see a client. It was an hour's drive. It was three quarters of an hour's meeting, an hour back, and I thought, well, I could have done that on the phone almost. And you know, the, the, that's right. The people getting used to using Zoom and the like, um, it's going to be easier to to say to a client, why don't we do it by video conference rather than me driving over to see you or you driving over to see me. So that is something is a very positive thing because. Um, the costs 
of buying fuel and so on to travel are not insignificant. The costs to the planet and everyone driving everywhere are significant as well. So um, I'm hoping that that will be something that will come out of this is that we'll learn to do things in a more sensible way. So normal, normal will look slightly different going forwards, perhaps? Yeah, I think it will. I hope it will. So before we close, I just thought I'd give each of you the opportunity to maybe share a top tip or hint um, with uh, many other SEPA members who find themselves working either on their own or in, in small firms. Bev, what would be your big, big tip? Um, I guess what's really been appreciated is, is maintaining that personal touch with the clients and actually asking how they are. Um, that, that's been nice. You can have those extra conversations at the moment. Um, I think the other top tip that I've got is I've always been told by my accountant I keep too much cash and actually it's been great you know I've got, I've got so much contingency it's, it's, it's been a real nice to have that, that extra buffer you know so that, that sort of ultra prudent cautious patent agent approach should work. Thank you. Well my tip would be to take part in online networking please there's a lot of it going on now. Um, I've joined about three or four different groups and it, it's quite a good way of just not feeling you're stuck in a little room on your own. If you get to meet groups of people online through a Zoom conference or whatever, um, it's, it does make you feel that you're not, you're not too isolated, you still have a chance to talk to people, it's, and it's better than just an audio thing i think being able to see people and so on is so i'd recommend looking out for opportunities for online networking fantastic and um it, it may be too late to give it a um a little bit of promotion because by the time this podcast hits the airwaves we would have run our first sepa members pub quiz as a social event so ah. um so I'm, I'm hoping that will go down well and um and colleagues will be able to network in that way bev Keith, thank you so much for sharing your time with me during this podcast and um, sharing your experiences. I'm sure it will help those in similar working in similar situations to, um, to think through the issues and the challenges they face. It just remains for me to say that um, if you are working as a sole trader or in a small firm and there are times when you would want some more help or advice, then by all means, contact me at SEPA, that's lee at sepa.org.uk. And if I can't deal with your question or your issue, I'm absolutely sure that any one of my council members would be happy to spend time with you working through your challenges. And also when times are really tough, please don't forget that SEPA subscribes to LawCare and you can get some support and assistance there. That's lawcare.org.uk. Thank you for listening.